Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving weekend. You know, had that break that was probably uh, well needed, that rest. Um, and I just hope you all, you know, took some time out of out of these couple days that we had off to reflect on what the Lord has, you know, given us and the Lord has blessed us with. But with that being said, um, this week on the podcast we have Nat Mushkovsky. Um For those of you who don't know her, she is uh, one of our youth leaders. Um, she has gone to Bible school in Ellerslie in Colorado. Uh, a very knowledgeable person. She knows her Bible uh, probably better than me, to be honest with you. But uh, now, why don't you give introduce yourself? Um, hey everyone, it's um, pretty a pretty cool experience to be able to be on the podcast today. Um, like Victor said, I'm one of the youth leaders uh, for CLY. Um, I did indeed go to Bible school in Ellerslie. Um, I've just been, you know, involved in our youth um, since I started attending um, many years ago, and I love our youth, I love our church, and I love Jesus. So that's about as much introduction as I need. <laughs> Um, yeah. Amen, yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of invited, invited Nat again, super last minute, like everything else in this podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as I understand that, there is a couple things that you wanted to talk about, so why don't you just dive right in? Yes, yeah, so, um, well, Victor Half asked me last week, so I was thinking about it a little bit, um, and then he messaged me, and I had two topics that I was like, okay, like, you know, had on my heart. I was praying about it. Um, I was doing my Bible reading last night, and I, like, wasn't sure what I was going to want to talk about, and then um, we just prayed, and there's something that keeps sticking out in my mind, so I'm going <laughs> to take it and run with it. Um, but I don't know if everyone had gotten a chance to go see the Pilgrim play. Um, for those of you guys who haven't um, been able to see it, a group um, that I actually went to Bible school with in Ellerslie from Col they're from Grand Rapids. Um, they came here and they're part of a group called Arise Collective, um, and their mission is redeeming the arts for the Lord. And so they took the the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, and they created a musical based off that book called Pilgrim. Um, and I've seen it five times now, <laughs> um, but every time something different stands out. And this last time. Um, just a phrase in my mind, a, a scene from the musical that has been resonating and just keeps replaying in my mind is towards the end of the musical where Christian and Hopeful are going along their journey together with the king and um, they come across someone walking the opposite way. And I forgot his character's name, but the actual kid's name is Corvin. Um, so Corvin is walking the other way, and Christian and Hopeful stop him, and they're like, hey, um, you're going the wrong way. And he's like, well, that depends on where I'm going, doesn't it? And then, so he obviously, you know, isn't a believer. Um, he's not trying to get to the celestial city, and Christian and Hopeful stop him. And then they say, what kind of person would I be if knowing what I know, I let you keep going the wrong way? And that really struck a chord with me because, like, I mean, me, like myself, first and foremost, we get so comfortable being in our routine. We get so comfortable being, you know, like we, we, go to our, we go to church, we go to work or school throughout the week, and then we do our ministries in the evening, and that's it. And it's like throughout the day, like you're not, at least oh, I can't say you're not, I can't speak for other people, but 
I find myself like throughout the day, I'm not seeking those like gospel opportunities, you know, sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel to someone who doesn't know who Jesus is. I'm just thinking about serving and ministering the people who already know who Jesus is in the evening, which there's nothing wrong with internal ministries within church. There's, it's beautiful, like the fellowship that we can have together and, um, like just the opportunity to serve God in that aspect. But there's, you know, the Great Commission wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. And so that's just been sticking out to me that, like, how much are we really obeying that command? How much are we really going out and preaching the gospel and talking to people about Jesus, talking to people who don't already know who he is or who have a false idea of him or who, um, you know, have heard about him once or twice before, but never again. And like, are we opening ourselves up to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us to be able to show Jesus to people? Yeah, I think it's a really important topic. Um, And it's very relevant to us today, too. You know, I feel like in the church itself, you know, in the body, not everyone can, you know, minister, not everyone can, not everyone can shepherd the flock or, you know, lead worship or, you know, even do other tasks that, you know, the body needs. But every single Christian is called to, you know, fulfill that calling Absolutely. and to fill that great commission that it doesn't matter where you, if you're sitting in the very back, you know, the back pew or if you're up front you know you're Mm -hmm. pastoring the church you are still called to fulfill that great commission and i mean obviously that can take many different paths i know like you know there are some people who are called to go out on you know missions trips or um called to go into another country and serve there for people who really have never heard the gospel but for the majority of us our mission field is our school our job you know and it's like in 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 so many people we don't realize that how every single moment of our lives should be uh, dedicated to that cause dedicated to spreading the gospel absolutely and i think like even with if christians know that i think there's like a danger of um complacency like we're, we know that in the back of our minds and maybe we feel that conviction, that nudge every now and then like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really preach the gospel or, or maybe people do push it off to like, well, that's the job of a missionary, but we're all missionaries in, in whatever area God has placed us. Like you said, some people are called to overseas missions. Some people are called to missions in their home city, but either way, we all share that calling. We all share that commission to go preach the gospel and make disciples. And I think complacency comes into play here because, like I kind of said earlier, we get comfortable just doing our routine. We go to church in the morning on Sundays and then, you know, relax the rest of the day. We um, go to work or go to school or whatever it is and then go to our ministries. And we kind of like almost pat ourselves on the back because, oh, we're so involved in church or, you know, I'm good. Like my bases are covered. I do so. I'm at youth on Mondays. I'm at Bible study Tuesdays, choir Wednesdays, prayer Thursdays. I help with the one of the kids' choirs, you know, like people can, can list off all the things they're involved in. And that's great. That's great to minister for the, for the kingdom, you know, and that, that's amazing to be able to serve one another. And that's, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. But 
there's still that commission to go and preach the gospel to people who don't know who he is or to people who do know and they're just ignoring it. They're, they're lost in the world or, um, you know, the, their, their hearts haven't been captured yet. And I just think, like, that complacency is, like, poison to a Christian because you get, like, complacency in all areas too. Like, even knowledge of the word, like, you you grow complacent in where you're at with that. Like, oh, I've read the Bible through once or twice. Or, oh, I've, like, you know, I do my daily reading and that's it. But, like, are you reading just to read? Or are you increasing in the knowledge of him? You know? And it's, like, that complacency is, I don't know, it's just like a poison. <laughs> Definitely. And I know we, we've talked about it before, at least, like, on the po- on the podcast, like, getting comfortable of, of, like, where you are at in your Christian life and how that's so... Um, dangerous in the Christian life for really anybody, but especially a Christian, you know. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to ask you that kind of go, kind of st- st- uh, going back to that original topic with like you know um, spreading the gospel and preaching it. How how would you start? You know, you, we we identified the problem. How like we're not doing that. Well, mm-hmm. now you know the next logical <laughs> you know step in that progression is is well where how do we start where do we start yeah um that's always such a difficult question I feel like because there's no I feel like people try to have their formulas but I think there's no formula um but personally like I just in this world today people aren't nice people don't stop and say hi and inquire how are you to strangers people you know, you just kind of have your mean face on and you pass each other by and you go about your day. But um, I I always try to, especially when I was a waitress, um, I always try to keep a smile on my face and actually look someone in the eye and say, hi, how are you? You know, introduce myself. Like um, if I, you know, uh, there have been, I mean, maybe once or twice, but there have been instances where I'm like sitting on a, on a bench in the park in New York City visiting my sisters and someone will sit down next to me and they're like reading their book, they're doing their own thing, but I'll kind of turn to them and say, hey, like, how are you? You know, and it's a beautiful day out and you just start by being nice. And I think through that, just through like your speech being seasoned with grace and and, um, just being a kind person and showing kindness and and love to people, that kind of lets their guard down almost. and so that kind of opens the doorway to however you're going to introduce that gospel conversation. Um, but if you just kind of walk up to someone, I, I, feel, I find that awkward for myself, just walking up to someone and like right off the bat, first thing you say is a Jesus question. And it's like, well, they're like, well, who, like, who are you? You know, like it's, it's a little bit like that awkwardness. But if you, if you go and you inquire about a person, how their day is, um, ask about their story, their life. Um, and usually if you ask, like, make, make things about them, make the conversation about them um, to, to open them up and then switch it to Jesus. So, like, inquire about their life story, like where they came from, um, what they're doing in life now. And then through that, kind of let that pave the way towards that gospel conversation. Yeah, and I think that's, like, really well said, like, you know, just to show that love, to show you know, kindness is just to put it simply. And because that's exactly what Jesus did, right? I mean, Jesus, he never, at least to sinners, he never was like, you know, you're condemned. You're, he never like, you know, put them down in a sense. He he obviously 
called out sin as being sin. Um, but he did that lovingly. He did that like, mm-hmm. you know, tenderly. And I believe like, you know, he, he sat down, he had lunch with people. He mm-hmm. ate with, he ate with tax collectors and other sinners, you know, and people would look onto that and people would notice him, you know, and they called him out for being strange because that was something strange because right. nobody did that. Like, in, especially with like tax collectors and other people like who back in his day were, you know, the outcast of society. Um, and, and he went and he went to those people. He didn't go to the people who supposedly knew God. He he it was to those ones where he was like, you know, flipping over the money tables and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's such a um, example for us to take from that. He he didn't just chill with the people who already knew him, who were following him. You know, he went and he saw out the people who need him. And I mean, we all need Jesus again and again, every morning afresh. Um, but there's people who have never known him. There's people who, like Corvin was in, in the play, walking the wrong way. And who are we to go about our day knowing what we know and not stop them? There's, um, there's a song, My Mind Thinks in Song Lyrics. Um, <laughs> and there's a song that I love. Um, we've sang it with our youth before. But um, the, the verse... I think the first verse says, um, there's a world that's waiting for something more. Um, temporary fills that that leave us wanting more. We've tried and tried to satisfy on our own. Um, oh man, I can't remember it right now. Uh, but but basically like there's there's an empty void that's out there, right? We we've had that empty void before. We felt it before we knew Christ we shared that same void. And there's a void that's there and people try to fill it with things that leave them wanting more because it leaves them even emptier and emptier and emptier because there's also that hopeless feeling that's associated when you try all these different things to fill that void and then nothing's working and then that hopelessness just grows because you're like, will I always feel this way? Um, but like, we're called to go out. We're called to to preach the gospel. and. And my favorite line of that song says, how will they know unless we go? Like, God could have created the world to be anything. Like, he, he's the creator. He could have created the, the system of evangelism, of, of souls being saved, souls being captured and saved. Like, he could have created it any way he wanted, you know? But he created us as his instruments. He created us as his vessel. And it's like, I've used this example before, like, in my Bible study, but... Um, the hand and the glove. Like, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we are that glove. But the hand that is inside us that's moving and working, that's the Holy Spirit. And he created it to be that way, that we are the instruments. We're the glove that does, that fulfills, that, like, works out what God wants to be worked out. And so uh, if, a, if you're not abiding in Christ, if you're not being filled with his Spirit, if you're not following the the convictions and, and the promptings of the Holy Spirit, if you're not open to that and you're kind of blacking him off and you're, you know, I'm good, I'm comfortable, like I don't, mis- that's what missionaries are for, you know, like I'm here to just sing in the choir, I'm here to just go to church on Sundays, like, I mean, are you really being used by the Holy Spirit then in that sense, you know, like that's, that's our command. Yeah, you actually bring up a really interesting point and I think, um, 
very important too and that is like you know the the role of the holy spirit in all of this you know we're not out there alone that's what we need to understand yeah, we're not amen. by ourselves like we're not just called you know like okay yeah you've been saved now you know we've just kind of been like dropped off and said we'll now go tell other people how to get saved no we have the holy spirit inside of us and when we learn and we you know when we grow and listen to his voice and listen to like you know his guidings and how he leads us it's it becomes more than just you know you find a random stranger and you start talking to them but no you the holy spirit will start putting things on your heart or you know you'll get this feeling or, or sense or whatever to like go talk to this person in particular you know who's having a, like a bad day you don't know anything i mean because they're strangers to us yeah but god and he knows all things and he is our creator like like you mentioned and he knows all people what they're struggling with what they're going through and you know and he can even use us as, as not just like you know a broad tool or like a broad um i don't even know but as something like precise that so he can go precisely to one person who who really needs this right yeah. now you know yeah divine appointments absolutely yeah. and th there's one thing you mentioned in that um in that sentence you said um the holy spirit will put on your heart what to say and how will you be prepared? Like how, uh, I don't, like I, I'm I struggling to how to phrase it, but like you have to be in the word. Yes. Like you have to read scripture. That is like Jesus is, is the living word. Like he is the, the, the personified version of the living word. And, and scripture is the written word. Like it's living and active today, but it's, it's literally God's word to us. Like it's him talking to us. And, if we like are you know nervous afraid like well what am i gonna say i don't know like what if they ask this what if they ask that well be prepared by being in your word and i think that's something that's so like i don't know that's almost like underrated today in today's day i i wish victor um Lukomsky was here with us and i hope he doesn't mind me sharing this example <laughs> from his life um but he i remember one time we were at a conference and he told me after like at the end of the day he was like, yeah, man, like all day I've been praying for God to, to give me an answer about this one thing. You know, I, I, I've been pr seeking an answer and, and praying and seeking and praying. And um, and during that last service, he was praying and God kind of like, I don't know if convicted is the right word, but put on his heart like my word is my answer. And it's like, is that enough for us? Are we seeking are we seeking something else besides like what God has already given us? He's given us his word like and like being able to go out and preach the gospel you have to first of all know what the gospel is and it can't just like you can't just know it experientially like you have to know it like factually what is the gospel what happened in history like what was the reason why did we need a savior that's spelled out in scripture and like just having having the faith that god will give you the words that the holy spirit will guide you through that conversation sharing the gospel with someone that, re that requires faith, right? And Romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And how, like, how does that faith increase? It increases through getting to know who Jesus is. And how do you do that? You read his word. You read scripture. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was really well said. Uh, it just, uh, I thought to a, I guess you could call it a game, <laughs> but it was a very practical game that we played with our teens uh, during TBS. And it was share the gospel in 60 seconds. Nice. And if you've ever tried it on your own, it is difficult. Like, 
you that's but it's a it's a good way to almost test yourself to see like okay where where is my knowledge at right now can i you know share a simplified version okay if you can't do 60 seconds do five minutes do 10 minutes but take that time and just to kind of even share it to yourself because ultimately you know the gospel is not just for new believers but it's for us too you know it's the most important thing absolutely and it's just like And a lot of the teens, they struggle to do it. Like, not to call them out or anything. I mean, my first time, too. I mean, probably if I tried to do it right now, I'd, I would struggle, too. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, when, you, when you're put on the spot, but, like, that's, that's kind of what it takes to, you know, gauge yourself and gauge your understanding to see, yeah. like, how much do you actually know? Actually, interesting that you bring that up. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for a place in Scripture right now. I, I want to read it. But um, while, while I'm looking... Um, there was something that we did at Ellerslie, the Bible school I went to, and um, it was called Always Be Ready Night. Uh, and they, like, this is a very top secret thing. I don't know. I'm not going to, like, give away too much information just because for future students, they like to keep people on their toes. But you have, like, the, the scripture that they based that entire night on was always, um, oh, man. Oh, sorry. It's, uh, it's in First Peter. I think chapter three. Hang on one second. I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> first, first Peter three fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Always be ready. And how do you get ready? How do you get prepared to do that? You read scripture. Um, and that night, like I, all the students were always so nervous for it. I love that night. I was very nervous, but I loved it. Um, that's my kind of, my kind of vibe, but, um, I, I love it. And, and that's like, it, it did bring out that point of like, am I ready? Am I ready to give an account for the hope that is within me for anything that they ask, whether they ask about the gospel, whether they ask something more directed, um, whether I'm the one who goes to the approaches someone and brings up to them, you know, but like, am I ready? And on the lines of being ready, um, I've, I found where I want to read, um, Titus, in Titus 3, if anyone is looking for like a short synopsis of what the gospel is, they need a starting point. In Titus 3, um, <clears throat> starting in verse 3, it says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. gospel in 60 seconds there you go yeah i think it that's beautifully said you know and that's just pointing back to the point we're trying to stress here is to know your word you know like i just think back to our fathers and you know our grandparents who like literally suffered because of this word you know and and it's not every day that you see people getting locked up because of some book Mm -hmm. you know it's it's something more than just a book. It's something more than just words on a page, like we mentioned before, how it's living and active. And and you understand what that means when you actually dive in deep and you read because it uncovers what is within you. It uncovers what like what you're struggling with. Um, 
like you said, it's God's word to you. You know, people like um, I know this example is used a lot, but people like say, "Lord, I want to hear your, your I want to hear your voice like audibly," and 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 that, and some people pray that, but <laughs> the Lord revealed to one, one preacher, and he said, "If you want to hear the the word out loud, read your Bible out loud, because that's yeah. that's that's how He works." You know, and it's like. You don't have to wait for a special revelation or for like a, a certain prayer or a certain altar call to you know hear God's voice, but no, you have every everything that He's ever going to say in this book. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's nothing more important than getting to know who our Lord and Savior is, and the way to do that is through Scripture. Um, there's um, also another verse that comes to mind. Second Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, Scripture tells us so much how important it is to actually know what this book says, to actually um, know it experientially. And this is kind of like, um, this might get a little nerdy here, but um, in actually in Ellerslie, one of the like sessions that uh, was taught by Nathan Johnson was um, gnosko. And gnosko is a, the Greek word for to know, um, but there's actually three words for the, the word, the verb, to know. Um, and so there's, there's nostos, uh, oida, and gnosko. And nostos is like, that's just head knowledge, it's facts. Like two plus two is four and we know that. That's like nostos. Um, then oida is to see something, like I know that Victor is sitting right here because I can see Victor sitting right here, or I know that church is going to start soon because people I see people walking by. Um, and then there's gnosko, and that's to know someone, something or someone experientially. And in, in scripture, like you can know who God is, you can know about God, and you can read your Bible all day long, and you can quote unquote know something. But do you experientially know it? Have you experienced? the goodness and the grace of God? Have you experienced his loving kindness? Have you tasted and seen that he is good? Do you know, personally know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if you do, the natural outpouring of that is to go talk about him to everyone you encounter. Like, um, I'm going to give a shout out right now to Sam Overtinkle. God bless him. Like, what a great man of God. And like, the reason I am bringing him up is because one thing I noticed about Sam Anywhere he goes, no matter the setting, whether we're in church, whether we're at, you know, a friend's house or like even on the bus ride on the choir trip, Sam's conversation constantly revolves around Christ. And he's not the only one. He's just, you know, someone like I, I always notice his conversation is is always revolving around Christ. But that's like if, if you really love God, like if he is the absolute passion of your heart, if you gnosko him, like you know him experientially, then you feel like Christian and hopeful felt when Corvin walked across the stage. How could I, like who, what kind of person would I be if knowing what I know, I let you keep walking the wrong direction? And like, do we have that in our hearts today? Like, do we have that fire burning of like, I, like this person is living in sin. This person is walking in the ways of this world am I going to stop them? And it's not, you know, me stopping them, but am I going to let the Holy Spirit, am I going to live a life that's absolutely surrendered so that the Holy Spirit can spot those people in our lives and then use us as his instrument to go and 
and reveal Christ. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, people, me, like first and foremost, you know, get caught up in kind of the formality of it all, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have a Bible plan that you need to stick to. And to be honest with you, can't really stick to a Bible plan for the life of me, but, <laughs> me either, uh, man. but I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's those people who like will religiously follow these things. Like, okay, you have to do this. You have to go to church on Sunday morning, you know, 10 a.m., 5 p.m. If you're especially holy or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a joke by the way. But, um, no, but like the point I'm trying to make is like, it's not about the quantity. It's not about like how much, you know, even it's, but it's about like taking what is what you read and and meditating on it and like focusing on it like so many people they struggle with reading their word because they think oh three chapters a day and i have to get that down but no if you struggle to read your word you start smaller like start with a chapter a week you know but if you spend that entire week in meditating on it and and thinking about it and rereading it and like just going back to it your whole week like that's going to be yeah. more beneficial for you than if you read a whole book of the bible in yeah, a week absolutely. and and you get nothing from it you know 100% and i think another like struggle with with getting into the word is um our lives are so busy. Like here, I would say, and this is like an issue in Western Christianity, like just because America is so like rat race, run, you know, run, 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 always on the go, always busy. And so the little time we get, we're like, well, let me like, I don't know, let me read this book that I want to read or let me watch this show or let me, you know, the World Cup is going on right now. That's, <laughs> uh, I've been, I've been keeping up on that. And so that's like, that's taking time, you know, but there's a quote um, <clears throat> by Leslie Ludy, um, that I want to read. Am I willing to trade my addiction to the world's entertainment for more time with my Bible? Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And so are we willing to give up that time? You know, are we willing to to spend that time with God, or are we going to hide behind the excuse? And when I say we, I mean me first. Like, I, I definitely, you know, like waste too much time doing who knows what um time that could be spent in his word time that could be spent becoming more and more equipped with the gospel you know getting our feet ready with the gospel to then go and and preach it to go and share it yeah and not only just be getting equipped but that's how you get that relationship that you know we were talking about before how you actually know who god is and and like to, to know him personally and you said practically, or was it? <laughs> I forgot what you what you were talking about now. But the no, but that's that's how you do it. It's by reading your word and by seeking Him. Like through that, I mean, you're not gonna, you can't just one day decide like I'm gonna know God. I'm gonna get you know, per, so personal with Him without you know doing anything. But yeah, it's when you read your word, He's gonna reveal Himself to you. You know, and that's what it that's what it takes. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a relationship. And relationships take work, relationships take time, relationships take um effort, that effort, you know. And it's I mean, we have to put in that time. You can't just expect like you said, you can't just expect like one day, okay, I know God or okay, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna start I'm gonna read the Bible and I'm gonna know exactly what it what it what it means, what he's saying, you know? You're that's not gonna happen. That's not realistic. You have to like being able to keep things from scripture and context, you have to know the heart of God, the character of God, because 
you could read one thing in the New Testament that seems like it contradicts with another thing, but it, it doesn't. Because if you're reading this second passage in the context of the character of God, of who he is, that you know, mercy triumphs over judgment, that he is a just and righteous God, but, but mer- his mercy is more. Um, then have, like, you need to cr- kind of, um, through scripture, allow the Holy Spirit to create that lens for you of how you're going to, it shapes your worldview, how you're going to view scripture as you read it, how you're going to view people's souls as you walk by them, um, how you're going to value your time, the the limited time that we have in in this life, you know, how you're going to spend it, if you're going to waste it doing pointless things, or if you're going to always be centered around Christ um, and, and meditate on his word day and night. I mean, Psalm 119 alone, like every verse has a different, a different word, for scripture, for, for his laws, his his statutes, his like every verse has something different. And and that's the longest chapter, you know, in the, in the Psalms. And it's it talks about loving his word and following his word. And blessed is the one who meditates on that day and night. And that could seem unrealistic for us. That could seem like, well, I, I do have to work. Well, I do have to go to school. Well, I do have to do these things. I do have to, you know, listen to my parents and wash the dishes. I do have to go take out the trash. I have, like, there's things we do have to do realistically and practically. But the time, like, you're going to prioritize, you're going to give more time to what you prioritize. So what are you putting time into, you know? Yeah, because if you truly like value something, if you truly want something, you're going to set aside that time to get that done, and that was the whole um, theme behind our you know um, podcast that we did a couple weeks ago. You know about priority and about you know setting your priorities straight. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of just go back to you know that that missions field topic. Uh, something that I found in my life, and maybe you could, you know, add on to this too, is that personally, I find it a lot more challenging, I guess you could say, to talk to people I know who are unbelievers, say like my, uh, you know, fellow classmates in school or, you know, coworkers or or whoever it may be, but like that's someone I see a little bit more regularly than complete strangers. Mm -hmm. Like I've done a little bit of like street evangelism to complete strangers and I'm like, all up for it you know like I, I love them and I, and I truly do you know but I just find it but when I in my own life when I find you know those situations where like I could talk to someone who I meant see again I find it a, a little bit more difficult and that's that's personally where I'm trying to grow on in my life maybe you could like add anything onto that yeah absolutely um the first thing that comes to mind is a concept um fact faith and experience um we talked about this also at Ellerslie. Um, this podcast is a huge plug for Ellerslie. <laughs> Ask me about it if you guys are interested. Um, but fact, faith, and experience. Um, and so uh, Eric Ludy gave this example of there's um, two cliffs, and there's like a, a ridgepole between the two cliffs. And our Christian life is you have to cross that ridgepole. You have to walk that ridgepole. You look beneath you, you fall, like you're gone, you know? Like that's, that's the end. And so are you like, most people will listen to their experience. Most people will like, they'll, they'll feel scared. They'll feel like I can't do this. You know, they'll, they'll go by their feelings. They go by their experience. And so that's kind of what rules their life. And so they're like, I can't walk that ridge pole. Like there's, that's impossible. But with Christ, all things are possible. 
And so what you have to do is place your set, don't set your faith on that experience that you've had before or the idea of what you think might happen, but place your faith in the, in facts, in the truth that his word reveals. So like bringing that to, to the share, the example of sharing your gospel with people you actually know and you see consistently, don't place your faith, don't place, you know, the hope of the outcome or, or, or whatever it is into well, what if it gets awkward and they like, I have to work with them and, and, you know, it gets, um, they, they just start to hate me and I, I still have to see them every day. I still work with them or, well, man, what if like, what if I see them the next day and they like, they're, you know, they're laughing at me or, or whatever that fear might be. That's like, is the reason that it's, it makes it hard to, to preach the gospel to those people. Don't put your faith in that. Put your faith in the truth that his word reveals. And what does his word say? It says, preach the gospel go and make disciples and like forsake everything. Um, don't consider like, don't consider how, how people might take you, but the world is going to hate you, but it's not you that they hate. It's Christ that they hate. And so like light drives out darkness. And so if you're going to that darkness with the light that is within you, like, I mean, the initial reaction is going to be to push you away, you know, like that, that's just, that's how it goes. Um, and, but you have to place your faith in the fact that in, in, in the truth that his word reveals and the facts. And so that with that um, with that example, Christ tells the, the, the Christian, walk the rich pole. With Christ all things are po- with me all things are possible. And so that Christian that Christian puts their faith in the facts that Christ is with him, that with Christ all things are possible. He says I can do it, so I can do it. And so he he walks that ridge pole. And now what? The next time he comes across a ridgepole, now his experience has shifted because he placed his faith in the facts, and now his experience has that in, in his background, in, in, in his mind, that, okay, I've done it before. Like, God has done it before. God can do it again. And so then your, your, faith, your, your experience and your feelings, they start to follow. When faith follows fact and doesn't turn to consult experience, it works. And so you have to ignore your feelings, don't let them lead, and then faith that works becomes your experience, and your feelings will change. And feelings always have to bow to the truth that his word reveals, always. And so that's like, I mean, it might sound, I might sound like a broken record, but that's, that's all that I would have to say to that is get more in the word. Ignore your experience, ignore your, your feelings, and and place your faith in his truth and his word and then your experiences will follow and then you'll have faith that works with experiences that prove it and feelings that match up yeah that was that was really really beautiful and just kind of my last thing that i wanted to say is and the reason why i brought that up is because the i in i found the most effective the most you know fruit producing if you want to call it that method of evangelizing is to make those friends you know is to Mm -hmm. make relationships with those not just not just to give someone a bible and be like here there you go you know like good luck on your on your path but to like be with them and to like actually you know bring them in and that's why i said very hard for me personally but um yeah i i just have one last um quote I guess to end end off um, this episode um, this is a quote by Hudson Taylor 
<clears throat> and it's, this is kind of like a commission for all of us. Um, it will not do to say that you have no special call to go to the mission field. With these facts before you and with the command of the Lord Jesus to go and preach the gospel to every creature, you need rather to ascertain whether you have a special call to stay at home. Ooh. Convicted. <laughs> yeah. I think it speaks for itself, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We're a little over our usual length, but I don't think anyone will mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our bad guys. But I, I hope this, um, I hope the listeners of this podcast, I hope you guys are blessed. Um, and, you know, if there is that Holy Spirit conviction that you haven't been preaching the gospel, um, you have the chance to do it 100% right starting right now. So go and, go and preach. That's right. All right. God bless you guys. Till next time. Bye-bye.